Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. More or less, as I'm back here on a Wednesday, myself, Kevin Graham, with John Hughes Yogi Jr. And I'm just going to bring in Patrick because he's just appeared in the room. And Patrick, he appears like magic right on time there. <laughs> Lads, I think we need to actually just get right into it. It was a great Celtic weekend this weekend. Um, Friday night, I met Patrick at the Alan Thompson uh, thing at Gracie's. Then we had John Hartson on the Saturday night. Then, obviously, a semi-final on the Sunday. I just want to say thanks to everybody that I met on the Friday night who's got su- such great words to make about the show, and especially my stalker who seems to be following me a bit. They know who they are. They do know who they are. Uh, the, the Axom heads I met at Steve Mason's at King Tut's on on uh, the Saturday night as well. The guys that came up and spoke to me there was absolutely brilliant. And the folk that spoke to me in uh, Vinnie's bar doing the rap block after the semi-final on Sunday as well. See, well seen I'm back in public life, eh, and there's folk coming up to me all the time now. Patrick, how did you enjoy your weekend? Um, just as much as everyone else who attended the Alan Thompson night and uh, you know the the, the semi final and and all that, um, obviously a fantastic weekend for Axon. Um, I was there on Friday, not on Saturday. I didn't uh, I didn't manage to get along to John Hartson on Saturday night, but Alan on Friday was you know it was immense, incredibly funny. Um, it's the first time I've been to anything where he's been speaking and. Um, I just a great character. Some insights into his time at Celtic, obviously, 
but you know, a lot of laughs throughout the night. Um, wasn't okay. there on the Saturday night? I was on a on a kilt walk on Sunday. Uh, I missed out on a ticket, so I thought, why not do something for charity? So, put myself through absolute torture for seven and a half hours, um, walking through, <laughs> uh, walking through Glasgow and um, in Balak and stuff. Uh, managed to watch the game. Had to pay for via play. That was a sore one, but uh, I enjoyed it in the end. It was a phenomenal result and uh, pretty good performance first half, and then pretty professional second half. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll get on to the game, eh? Uh, Alan Thompson was great. He gave us a very like insight to his Celtic career and also a very small insight to G- David Ginola as well. John, how was your weekend? It was great, mate. Uh, I uh, had a fine day on the Sunday uh, and a, a very, very bad day on Monday. Uh, so uh, I, the consequences of Sunday were quite severe. Uh, so uh, no, but the first thing that happened was, as I was as I sat down uh, in the in the pub, another gentleman walked in. Uh, Mick McMahon's his name, uh, and I only met him once very briefly before when he came up to say uh, how he enjoyed Axon. But he just walked up, saw me, took a wee stop, turned around, and just went, "Did you get that graft done yet?" <laughs> See, we're providing a public service, John. We're providing a public service, keeping you right. That's it. So I'm getting harassed about my gardening now, uh, but no, we had a had a great old day, and uh, it was a, it was a, it was a great result. And uh, actually, it was sad. I was actually thinking I should have made. Um, more of an effort, despite the fact I couldn't get a ticket, I should have maybe made more of an effort to come over just to go to the Axon gigs because they looked fantastic. I've heard Big John before uh, down here in Newry and he made everyone switch off their phones uh, and he was a few pints deep and he was telling us some cracking stories. Um, but uh, I know that was a while ago, so no, it's very good. I haven't heard Alan Thompson before, so I'd have been interested to hear that. So uh, maybe I should have uh, made more of an effort to try and free up the social calendar. The vibe I sort of get, John, that must have been some dressing room. And if you weren't, a, if you were a shrinking violet in that dressing room, you wouldn't, have, you, you wouldn't have stood much chance no. with the characters. I mean, you've got Sutty, it's on the on the, on the circuit. You've got Neil Lennon. Obviously, it's just Neil, and you've got Alan Thompson, John Hartson, not telling you stories. Then you've got Martin O'Neill as well, and yeah. Martin wasn't a shrinking violet either. And I, I think if you were a shy boy in that dressing room, you wouldn't have lived uh, no, very no. long. They're, they're all, as you say, it's remarkable when you look at it now. Uh, I suppose you don't really know it at the time. You don't get the, 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 the feeling for it at the time, but so many huge personalities uh, and you think of all the rest of them, the likes of Bobo Baldy and stuff like that as well and Stan and you know uh, the, these are these are guys who've all gone on um, you know, a lot of them to careers in media because you know they're not afraid to speak up um, so uh, as you say must have been one hell of a dressing room and certainly I mean that reflected on the part didn't it? Definitely Paddy they were a team of winners eh? That when you actually see, when you hear them talking, some of the stories that they're actually telling you, yeah, they were a team of winners. Ah, uh, for sure. I think I said to you, you, you were saying to me about a team of, you know, if you're a shrinking violet, you didn't stand a chance. And I said to you, any one of those guys could have been captain. It was just a team of captains. Every single one of them was a leader and a winner. Um, but you obviously, you know, physically, in, in, in a football sense, people talk about how tall they were, how strong they were. Um, 
how they could just totally dominate a game, dominate you know their individual battles, but mentality-wise, they were streets ahead as well. And I think I like to think the current Celtic team have got that. I'm not saying guys like Maeda could captain the team, but in terms of winning and getting the job done, I think I just drilled that into the players at the moment as well. Aye, it seems to be that way and that's when we'll get to the weekend but that was one of the things at the weekend which was most pleasing for me walking out of Hamden was the fact is we actually show we can dig in as well we can, we've actually shown that there's no just one way that we can actually skin a cat or skin a goat if you pardon the pun we, we can actually do it a couple of ways eh? Eh, we'll, we'll go into the comments first eh, you and boy Martin uh, hail, hail, Alan Thompson was brilliant and it was good to meet all the Axom team. Cheers, you and Paddy's actually sent me the picture you took of me on stage and all your stuff. Put it in the group chat. Hope you didn't mind. Uh, Scott Mason, hail, hail, everyone from Bonnie Blackpool. That's up for the de- debate, probably. Debate, I was say, <laughs> it would be the first time there's been Masons in Blackpool. <laughs> uh, Anthony S, why do I feel that comment about Janola was a dig? Well, if you were there on Friday night, you would realise that it was a dig at David Janola, and there is a god. Uh, and Ice Wallow, I'll just say Ice Wallow, <laughs> HH for Don, Don, from Donegal, can you please come to Ireland and do a show? I'm up for that. I'm up for that. We'll just make sure it's uh, I well planned. Keith Oakden. Is that going to come up? Uh, the rat luck. When I lived in Alawa, that was always bandit country. I come from Stirling, mate. Alawa's bandit country. So that's so we may as well get some parochial right rivalries in so in the uh, over and done me right at the start. Right, weekend review. I don't think we were great, John. Didn't I think we were at the races, but I was extremely proud of the team. We got the goal, then we dug in and seen it through, and every one of them was a hero, man. Every one of them was a hero for standing up. I kind of see, looking back on it now, it's a, a kind of game like we see in Europe all the time. And we'll go like that. Like... Aye, we've done well up to a point, we've done well up to the edge of the box, and the better team just ends up beating us. And that's where I feel we are with them. I think, we, I think we've destroyed them, I think we own them now. I think that's it. I think they're mentally in their heads, and they are struggling to actually handle us. Well, the comment I made before the game was, today we break them. Uh, and I think that is uh, pretty much what's happened. Now, don't get me wrong, icing on the cake, uh, as I said before, uh, would be to beat them in the last game as well because that really puts cat among the pigeons. That leaves them potentially looking for a new manager um, because, you know, as I understand it, uh, financially speaking, below can be sacked. Uh, and are you going to entrust the biggest rebuild in generations to a guy who can't win a game against Celtic, um, a guy who's proven to be nothing, uh, Frank Lampard's you know, doing a, a really decent audition for the job if he wants it, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I saw, saw, saw someone pointed out the other day, I thought it was absolutely brilliant point, is Frank Lampard the worst Chelsea manager since Frank Lampard? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was a fantastic point. Um, so, no, I mean, look, you know, and we go back, I mean, the, the tagline, you know, we'll come into that, the lucky man thing, but, you know, Beale's... Uh, you know, he's not up for this job. But anyway, we'll come back to that. So in terms of the weekend, um, well, I said at half time, uh, uh, 
you know, that basically I thought uh, that was, we were playing okay, needed to up the tempo, um, and uh, Hatati needed to come off as soon as possible because he was clearly gassed even in the first half. Um, and uh, But I didn't feel any threat. Didn't feel any threat at all from them. As far as I remember, there wasn't really any threat from them at all in the first half. Uh, and then, of course, when they did eventually make, create a chance, thankfully, apparently, it's fashionable to miss open goals uh, in, in the derbies. Uh, Mr. Sakala, thank you very much, sir. Um, so it's you know, and that was the chance. That was the only uh, chance in there. I mean, they had a, a couple of scruffy ones, but so did we. I thought in the second half, obviously, different kind of game. Uh, you know, I mean, you never want your you never wanted to be the situation that your centre halves and your your goalkeeper are the heroes, but. They were, uh, and you know when they need to be, they have to be. So it's not a situation you want, but you know you really need them to step up uh, when they're under pressure. Uh, and there was an amount of pressure. I didn't think the midfield midfield was functioning particularly well uh, to start with, and then I think we, we lost momentum again. Um, you know when uh, the, the subs were made, uh, I thought individually we were playing okay, but we just couldn't seem to get it together. Uh, so there was a lot of space there. I felt through the midfield, um, and again, you know, it was, uh, you know, they dug in when they needed to. I mean, you had Moy making tackles at the end, and you know, all this sort of stuff. So, we, guys dug in. Uh, you know, you can talk me through the individual performances, but overall, it was okay. Uh, and uh, but the, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a cup semi final. The job was to win. We won. We saw it out. We were clever towards the end. You know, we were literally playing the game out, uh, which is what you really need. You know, you're wondering what the likes of Hapsabana, which is good for. That's the kind of stuff he's good for. Um, you know, see, so he came on and was, was running them ragged around the bottom. So I know it was, uh, you know, again, proud of the win because he can't be great in every game. They've obviously been quite effective in targeting us in certain areas. Uh, Hatati. That is not... I mean, when we did that poll on the midfield, you remember last week, mm-hmm. uh, that midfield was not one of the options. You know, uh, Hatati, O'Reilly and McGregor, that was not an option. Uh, <clears throat> and the one that won it was Hatati, uh, Awata and McGregor, uh, which may still have been the best option for me. I can see what he was doing there. It was an interesting selection, as I said before the game. You can see what he was doing or trying to do. But I, again... You know, I think we've learned enough to know now guys are out for a long time. It is very difficult to come back in and just suddenly start performing again. Thought it Atati, def- he was passable. He was passable and that was it. You know. It, uh, I think on. Moyes proved it's difficult to get back up to speed, Paddy, yeah. when, when you're a few weeks out. Uh, I mean, Paddy, I mean, I was, I was at the cup final in 1989. And I still have Rangers fans bringing up Roy Aiken stealing a throw-in halfway in the Celtic half for Joe, which led to the Joe Miller, Joe Miller goal. I'm sure in 30 years' time you'll still be hearing Rangers fans going about Don Robertson no gain a free kick for Maeda to actually cross that ball. You had you had your NB Joe Muller moment on 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 the young team managed to get their ge- generational Joe Muller <laughs> stealing a stealing a throw-in moment on Sunday. I know, and the great irony is when we got that throw, and we gave it straight back to them. 
and then they make another mistake. No, didn't he mention that? Yes. Didn't, he, didn't he mention that? That doesn't go on with the conspiracy theories. That, that doesn't. No. Doesn't doesn't fit the narrative, does it? Um, I'm not sure. I think you said there that uh, it's a bit like Celtic in Europe, where we sort of huff and puff, and eventually the quality shines through and we end up losing. I'm not sure I'd go along with that in an Ange team. I think certainly this season, you know. We lost four games in 2-2, but I think we had a hell of a lot of chances in a lot of the games, whereas I don't think Rangers did uh, on Sunday. They, I thought they had one chance. Um, I mean, they have that Raskin shot about 30 seconds in. Sakala misses an open net again, and I can't think of another chance, really. Um, so it's a bit like Celtic and Europe under maybe Ronnie Dyler or something. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, but, but I, I was maybe more going for the sort of vibe of it that you knew the inevitable right. was always going to come. Um, mm-hmm. It was maybe a bit like us in the 90s against them, where you got you done well at a certain point, but you knew that Loudrop was just going to pick you off at one point, and eventually you got right, picked off. And that was that, that, oh. That's the fact that they were a better team, better team than us at that point. It was eventually going to happen, and, it, and even even on Sunday when I was there, Patrick, it got to about seventy eight minutes, and I started relaxing. I'm going, you know, scone. I says we've back pocketed no. them again, and Aye. and the last the last fifteen minutes was all right, and especially like a minute into a, a minute into injury time, and instead of singing, instead of singing a Celtic song, you sing a song about sticking a coronation up somebody's bum. Live on the telly, which has made national news, is like it's absolutely triggered everybody for wee Barbara in the home counties to Piers Morgan. What else can you want? It was a perfect Sunday, Patrick. Perfect Sunday, a beautiful Sunday, some might say. But I think, I think John's right. I think we have, uh, we have broken them to a certain extent because you know the fans are saying, "Oh, we're going to catch your trophy count." This group of players are done. We keep on. We keep on repeating the same game, and we keep on losing by a single-digit goal. And I think, I think that's spot on. Um, when it comes to this group of Rangers players, I don't think, you know, they, they they've clearly ran their race, and they don't, they just don't have the mentality to keep up with us. I mean, we are, we, I think we have a better mentality, a better manager, a better squad, and certainly at the moment, uh, unless things dramatically change, um, I don't think they they stand a chance competing with us over the long term. Um, Can I just say, Patrick, you're you're pointing out there about the mentality. Um, Nothing demonstrated that better than the goal. Because Ange's culture is we never stop. And they all stopped. stopped. (laughs) And not for the first time. Not for the first Mm. time. You're talking about complaining about not giving a foul kick. A foul for us. You know, it was our foul. It wasn't a foul on them. They fouled us. Uh, Mm. And the only reason I'm giving Don Robertson the benefit of the doubt there is because he let it go in the first the earlier on as well. He let one go where O'Reilly was fouled uh, and uh, the bot jota got the ball and let it get in. He let it go and then went back and booked the guy. Otherwise, I'm saying that's absolute karma for Don Robertson there. But what a beautiful goal it was. Let's not get away from that. 
you know, Maeda, as I said, I think I tweeted Maeda with the alertness of a man who just fell into a vat of meth. You know, I, I, he, he put it put it across so beautiful that Dracula would have bolted, and in comes Jota from the wing in a may of dreams and songs to sing, but this was poetry. And it was a beautiful... Oh, sir, that's my job. It was a beautiful goal. And just, when you look at... If all the still images are just hilarious. It's the See opposite of, of the Ange mentality. It's the opposite of we never stop. It's a pure... It's almost like the, the Beal... Not just Beal's coaching, but the entitlement. Oh, well, it's going to be a fool. You know, stop, because we've all stopped now, so you all have to stop. No, that's not the way it works. And it was um, that was just a beautiful goal. I really, really enjoyed it because mainly because not was it not only was it beautifully done by us, but it made them look so stupid. It was fantastic. It did make them so look so stupid. Now, once I had got over the fact that Jota had actually scored by a header, which was, itself was a bit what is actually. I think he scored by a header at Dundee as well at Dens Park uh, last uh, season, didn't he? Yeah. I can't remember. Wait on, anyway. Wait because after we after we had finished jumping about, my, my pal Jerry, who was next to us, went like that. Who scored? I says, I think it was Jota. And he went, nah, Jota doesn't score with his head. I'm sure it was Kyogo. <laughs> he was 100% sure he had put the ball into the back of the net. But what I loved is Jota has got an eye for art. He knows a celebration. He knows that a crappy knee, knee slide doesn't do, do it. He knows the symbolism behind standing, standing at a corner flag, putting one hand up or putting the two hands up. And... He paints pictures that should be hanging in galleries in Paris, Paddy. Well, when, you that, see, when, you, when you see the, that photo of him just standing there with the, the raging Rangers fans behind him, and he's just standing there like that. That's well, that was just that, 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 that wasn't that was that, that was just him demonstrating how big the gap is. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think it's symbolism. I think, see all these oh, generic players that go and slide yeah, yeah. on their knees and all of that. Yeah. I think Jota hinks about what he's going to do and he I comes mean, that, up that with was these beautiful. iconic moments. It was a fantastic picture, which I tweeted as well. And the beauty of it was because behind him, Sorry, Patrick, I'm just totally stealing this. So it was behind them, <laughs> uh, the, the, uh, the, the faces of the Rangers fans. They were a study in resignation. They were a study in defeat. They were a study in being broken. And it, was, it wasn't the usual anger that you would see when it was going to be a tight game or they're furious about something or all the rest of it. It was just, what are we going to do? You know, it, it was beautiful. And, as such, and it should be, as many people said, it should be hanging in the Louvre. It was absolutely fantastic. And you're right, I, I, I believe, Kev, that Jota does have an eye for it. He was very considered in the the, the, the the original gesture, and that one was just perfect. Perfect. I think they were a perfect picture for the need for birth control in Ayrshire villages. <laughs> uh, put it, Paddy, but, I mean, mate, <laughs> what, what, what do you think, think Jota was like a, a fine art guy or something like that? It was a great header. It was a fantastic header. Yeah. Eh? Brilliant. Great celebration. And the wee man steps up again when when uh, he needs to. Eh? Aye, I think. I think he gets it, as, as we all like to say. You know, you know, Ange gets it and Kyogo gets it and stuff like that. But I mean, this is a guy who was visiting the Brazen Head on Thursday morning. Um, he, I, he obviously likes to immerse himself. I, 
I'm not saying that he's becoming this mad Celtic fan, he's going to stay for 10 years, but I think he's this type of guy, he likes to live life to the fullest, and he's trying to immerse himself as much as he can into Celtic while he's here. And I think he know, obviously knows the magnitude of the game, and I think he's obviously got a bit of an ego. You know, why wouldn't you if you are that good looking and that good at football? So he's wanting to go up to the Rangers fans and say, look at me, I've just scored against you again. Um, and the unique angle, actually, from both the Scottish Cup and Celtic TV um, is quite interesting because they're all, he goes up and he does that celebration and they're all going mental, but not at him. <laughs> they're all going mental at their own players because they hate them that much. They're absolutely gupped. I mean, their players uh, can't seem to beat us, their manager can't seem to beat us, and the fans hate the players. So there's going to be there's going to be a total overhaul um, over there next season with very little money. Um, but, you know, to come back to Celtic, I Jota does know what he's doing. And there was a good photo. I think Celtic posted it. I don't think it was Jota with his arms outstretched. And you can see the word Jota up in lights uh, just above all the Celtic fans celebrating. That was another... There's some some cracking pictures for Sunday. Uh, I'm going to bring this up with Joe Hamilton because I did actually start laughing there. That was a brazen header. (laughs) I love that, Joe. I think you've won the internet today, Joe. I think you have won the internet with that comment. Just Uh, say the the only time I've been in the brazen head, Kev, and it was very much one of those sort of Frankie Boyle moments, but it was so busy. There was just no space at all, but there was a wee bit of space on like what looked like a stage, and uh, you know, and I, I just took my chance and said to the boy here, "Listen, uh, can we stand up there? Is that a stage?" And he said, "Nah, it's a fucking veranda." <laughs> and I was like, "Sorry." So yeah, no, it's uh, Brazenhead is is quite a unique place, uh, and uh, had some good times in there. It's a unique place, and I, and I didn't mean this in a bad way, and I'm, I'm going to say it, because I, I say it when I got back on the, the supporters bus on the way home and that, eh? and like, Jota does get it, but I also think he's beginning to quickly realise this could be the best place that he'll ever play football. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think he's kind of maybe bought into that a bit quick, and went, well, Right, I could go on and play in a better league. I could go on and play for a bigger club than that. But that, this might be the best place I ever play football and I'm going to enjoy it. Well, you could be 100% right about that um, in multiple ways. First of all, you know, might be his best footballing opportunity. And secondly, uh, you know, in terms of the fans and their engagement with him and their relationship with him and his relationship with them. I mean, he's done more to cement himself as as an icon in his you know first you know couple of seasons than he you know a lot of people do in an entire career here, so he's a very astute guy, very smart guy. Obviously, uh, there's no accounting for taste though with the double denim, the mullet, and the porn star moustache. So you know that that's something that goes against him. But uh, you know at the end of the day, uh, he's also a fantastic player. And he, you know if he goes on, if he keeps on improving, and if he plays. Well, in Europe, you know, he could be, uh, you know, a proper legend of the club uh, if we hold on to him for a a few years. Because, again, and I think this has been noted by nearly everyone, he turns up in the big games. You know, he's not one of those that just disappears. He's not one of those wingers that's brilliant against relegation-threatened teams and puts in four or five, and then you never see them when it matters. You know, he turns up when it matters. He's there in the big games. He's scoring goals. Uh, he's, he's playing well for the most part. 
And um, you know, that's as much as you want from a winger. You know, wingers can be um, very, very temperamental. Uh, you know, so you don't always get uh, uh, consistency from wingers. So uh, again, he he's been very consistent. Uh, and Maeda on the other side as well. You know, a different kind of player altogether. But what a performance I think he had. You know, not the best going forward, but he's just ridiculous. He is the most ridiculous football player I think I've ever seen in terms, you know, in terms of his energy and his alertness and his willing to track back. And you're talking about, again, going back to mentality. Mentality is, doesn't just come from the manager. It comes from recruitment. So you look at the likes of uh, Cal McGregor, you look at the likes of Maeda, and you have the manager's ethos just... And those two guys alone just basically encapsulated, don't you? We never stop. So, you know, you just keep going uh, and you have skillful players who have got an immense work ethic. You know, you've got Kyogo as well with the likes of that. You know, the Jota himself is, is no slouch anymore. He's getting into, you know, all the guys actually, the fullbacks are unbelievable in terms of, you know, the energy they're, out, they're outputting a game. It's incredible. So, you know, the manager recruits to suit his ethos, and that's another reason he's not a lucky man, because you're not oh. just putting, you're not just putting your finger in the air, wait to see which way the wind blows, wait to see who's available, and just randomly getting guys on freeze, randomly getting guys from you know the bottom division or you know whatever. And I think it was it. All three of those boys were asking, uh, for instance, um, uh, and uh, Cantwell and uh, the big uh, knuckle dragger midfield. I can't remember his name at the moment. Lundstrom. But those guys apparently all gave problems in their dressing rooms uh, before they were an issue in the dressing room. Attitude-wise, that's why they were happy to get shot of them. So, you know, if that's true, that perfectly illustrates the, the, the difference between the two sides. You know, we, we, we have a vision, we have an ethos, uh, and uh, we have the players to execute that. Uh, certainly at this level, and they can't lay a glove on us at the moment. And as you said, Kev, it's, it's the opposite of the 90s. No matter how hard mm-hmm. we tried, you know, we, we couldn't get them. We were just like them. We were all exasperated about one chance that was missed, you know, because we created that one chance and didn't take it. Well, as we all know, for the most part in football, you've got to create a lot more than one chance in order to take it. Uh, unless, of course, you're Maeda and Jota. Which gets... <laughs> Definitely. I mean, and you have to create more than one chance and, and we've been clinical in these games this season, been clinical in the big domestic games and you can't argue with that and it's brilliant when it actually goes goes your way. Robert Highland makes a confession and I really do think that, I mean, me and Paul made a couple of confessions last Thursday night on Scream Celica, which is coming back tomorrow night, by the way. Uh, we made a couple of confessions, but Robert, I think you really need to go and see a therapist. Robert, for the, those listening audio, has said, I would play for Sevco for 30 grand a week. You probably Alfredo could Morelos get a game as well, Robert. <laughs> uh, Alfredo Morelos seemingly gets 32 grand a week for uh, waddling about a park. So, uh, Danielle F. points out, we all see, John. I'm sorry, John, you're just an all-connected Jota is a gorgeous icon who can any link that he likes. Yeah, well, Danielle is spot on there, to be fair. Yeah, she's spot on. I had to bring that up. She was really spot on. And who's news? You didn't hear the Crystal Palace fans singing the Edward song, but yeah. you did see Eddie 
looking at TikToks of the Celtic fans singing the, the Edward song. I'm sure I'm sure he does when he's yeah. lonely sitting next to Roy Hodgson on the on the Crystal Palace <laughs> bench. <sighs> Only a cup final, and it's all with we can't we can't like. We, we can't knock down Inverness. They got there, they got knocked out, they got back in because you and Henderson played for Queen's Park. They've now got to the final. It looks like they're going to be getting a 8,000 tickets and Celtic are going to be getting the rest of them. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Folk are going to say it's like a a, a, a procession to a treble. We can't do that. Inverness have caused us enough trouble over the last couple of years, Patrick. Even for young guys like yourself, Inverness have co- caused caused us enough trouble. And I think they've got a bit of revenge to take on them for for us that like revenge for that handball on the line that probably stopped Ronnie Dyla getting a treble. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think I said on here uh, in early to mid-March that I wanted... Inverness in the same and Rangers in the final. Didn't quite get it, got it the other way around. Um it's better getting Rangers out the way in the semi. We we I agree with you on that. Uh, it's good to good to have that stress out the way. But to have Inverness in the final, um I, I want Stephen McLean refereeing the game. I want Alan Muir as the as the goal line assistant. I want a total replay of April twenty fifteen and I want us to scalp them about seven nothing. I want a record score line in the National <laughs> Cup final. Um, because, aye, big Gadetti can score a hat trick. He can take a penalty. Um, and I want Ronnie Dyla to present the cup uh, at the end of the game. No, um, obviously it's not going to be a procession. You know, it's they're obviously a half decent team. I think they're in the top half of the championship. Um, they get a bit of fortune with Queens Park, but they've obviously had to play every game along the way. So they've not got their backs. They're obviously a decent team. Uh, and as you say, they've caused us one or two problems in this competition. Um, I'd like to just get my, my weekly point in there that I wasn't actually born the first time they caused these problems <laughs> in February 2000. Um, De- Declan was, by the way, Declan was born that very day, but I was I was still I was still just a thought in my mother and father's minds. Um, uh-huh. uh, but I was I was very much alive for uh, April 2015. Uh, I was on a flight actually um, when that semi final took place, and I was gutted. Because obviously the treble was a big thing that year because we went out of the Champions League early. So um, I very much out for revenge, but obviously eighth treble, uh, it's a it's a world record if we do it. Um, and and you know John, it's a, it's another. Sorry, John, it's Billy Dodds as the manager. 
If you want so anything listen. else, he's 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 up there with Robbie Nielsen <laughs> and, and Derek McInnes for me, for somebody that you want to see having any success whatsoever. Well, I did. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to make any comment. Uh, the usual comment you'd make about Billy Dodds, uh, but I, I, again, we're talking about the mentality, aren't we? I mean, that's one of the things we're talking about here. So we're talking about mentality, the ethos, uh, and. I find it very difficult to believe that there will be anything uh, wrong with the players' mentality going into that game. I find it very difficult to believe that they will think they're just going to turn up and win. Now, we've had a couple of issues in league games. Uh, you know, we've not even really been setting the heather alight, but, you know, recently. But, you know, these guys are tough mentally uh, and they are very, very talented players. Uh, we have some guys coming back into the team now uh, who will be fit by then, uh, who are also our creative influences. So, you know, the Jotas, the Hitatis, the Moys, they are just designed to, you know, pick apart a team like Inverness. Um, and, you know, per perhaps if we had this, a lot of injuries uh, and we had a more pedestrian-looking team, they could present as a problem, as any team can present you on any day. But the reality is um, I, I'm not expecting any issues here. No, you don't want to be. I'm not being arrogant about it. I'm just saying that the odds are massively in our favour. Um, you know, we have a much, much, much better team uh, and I would expect them to deliver on the day. Um, and as you say, a world record um, eighth uh, treble, which is really something completely remarkable and when you think about it as well only eight in our whole history it just shows you I know. how difficult they are to win I mean only eight I mean it's, five it's, in the last seven uh, hopefully yeah. five in the last in the last seven year eh? I mean oh sorry Patrick on you go no we're, we're uh, a crossbar away from six out of seven in my opinion we can't have Vickers in the semi-final last, last, year, last year which right? is just yeah. unbelievable really yeah, I, yeah. I, you're, I, you're right there. I mean, again, I'm, I'll go back to the dark ages where we used to go to the League Cup to Motherwell and Airdrie, and like, and that was one of the reasons that we did that. That's one of the reasons that I love being involved in the Scottish Cup because in my Celtic supporting life, it's always been a big, massive thing. One in the Scottish Cup, 65, it probably changed the direction of the whole club. You get to the 100 years in 85, my first Cup final. Uh, we were destined to win that. Then you go to the cup final in 88, a last minute goal in that as well. And you just go, I've always loved the Scottish Cup final and I've always loved being involved in the Scottish Cup final because it's the last day of the season. I didn't like getting beaten right enough. And I didn't like getting beaten in the Scottish Cup final, but I do love being involved in the Scottish Cup final. And it's got it's quite strange. It's in June this year, actually. Yeah. Which is yeah, look, we we'll only talk about what time it can kick off and how many tickets and all of that because that's just we'll sort we'll sort that out when that actually happens, eh? But it is going to be a lunchtime kickoff, which is no bad because I've got an engagement pair to that night, so I, I can I'm quite happy with it being a lunchtime kickoff if anybody in Via plays absolutely listening. Thank you. Very much. That's if Celtic give me a ticket. No, yeah. That's if I come out the ballot for a ticket. Sorry, I'll not give me a ticket. Didn't want anybody yeah. saying that we get given tickets because we're on Axel. I do not want anybody saying that, uh, which is all, which is myth, rumour, and 
lies, basically. Well, I wish it was true. <laughs> uh, but the, uh, yeah, I mean, you look at that. So, uh, how many trebles are you saying? Six and uh, nearly six and seven, five and seven, and uh, five and seven. I. Uh, our main rivals have won one title and twelve. Is it? Uh, so, I, I, I'm not sure how much more dominant we can be, but you know, I'd, I'd like us to continue building and growing, uh, especially into Europe, um, and just to you know keep our foots on their neck. Um, you know, I, I'm quite happy with that with a one-team league. Uh, I'm quite happy being <clears throat> dominant in a one-team league with the amount of games that you can potentially have in Europe nowadays. Um, if we can get into that, we build a team for that. The rest of it will take care of itself. It will, but okay, again, that's a different story. I want more games like Sunday where I fell, where I feel that we need to, we felt like we actually earned the victory. But that's a hey, we've got a whole post season to actually talk about that. We've got a whole post season to actually talk about that. Hey, we've got there's nearly 800 folk watching the new. Please hit like. And subscribe if you haven't hit like. If you haven't subscribed, please hit like. Like it helps the channel. There's some links below. If you missed Alan Thompson, we've got wee Jackie Market Gracie's in the in the next month or so. That'll be a great night as well. But a new contributor, Joe, comes in. Hello, Celtic fans. I support a local Norwich City football club team who you beat in a friendly. Nice to see you, Joe. You can thank us for Timo Puke, and we'll thank you for Todd Cantwell. Thank you very much. I think that was a decent swap. Uh, yes. uh, uh, Mr. Mr. Todd, uh, as I like to say, Mr. Todd, can he play? He can't well. Uh, so, no, he's he's uh, he's quite the man, isn't he? I thought that that was a devastating comment from Chris Sutton uh, when he said, uh, well, you know, it was it McCoy said to him, oh, he's playing well, isn't he? And, and Sutton said, well, I'll give him this. He's not afraid to ask for the ball. I, I suppose uh, we can say Norwich gave us Chris Sutton as well, eh? I, 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 I think us and Norwich can share Chris Sutton, I'm yeah. sure. I think we can. I think we can actually share Chris Sutton. Uh, right, we'll go, we'll go to the headline. The headline is, Ange proves he is an extraordinary man, no a lucky man. Now, it was interesting. I mean, I, I'm going to give Paul credit for this because he he kind of put me onto this. But there's there's a there's a narrative gone about that Ange Postacoglu has spent the most of any Celtic manager in, in, in Celtic's history. The top line figure for Ange Postacoglu is spent forty eight million pound on twenty nine players. £48 million on 29 players. Mayor and Martin O'Neill, Mayor and Brendan Rodgers. The accountant, and the, the accountant on this thing was looking at me there going, your figures are wrong, Kevin. I can tell John's looking at me going like that. The financial, the financial advisor's looking at me going, hopefully somebody else done your mortgage, pal, because your figures are well out there. Right, I've got it as £48 million, right? I've got it as £48 million, the most that any Celtic manager's ever spent in, in history. And it's quite easy for them. It's, it's very easy for us up here when we've got that sort of money. What they fail to bring into account, depending where you're reading this, depending where you're reading this, is we've actually brought in £45.5 million in player sales during the exact same time. So that leaves a net spender just over two and a half million. 
Am I right there, John? Uh, well, I have a slightly different uh, figure um, in as much as uh, the overall sales I have down at 41 and a half, but there were some caveats to that because there were some undisclosed fees and things like that. So uh, there are caveats to that. But even so, that would have your overall figure at 6.3 million 6.3. Uh, as, as a net spend, which to be frank is peanuts. So, uh, I mean, the only thing they're complaining about really is what a fantastic job was done and getting shot <laughs> of those guys uh, and uh, getting uh, the, the new boys in. I mean, what a phenomenal job that is to uh, be churning through that much money uh, and to come out with such a small spend um, on creating a double and a treble potentially winning team. Um, and, you know, let's see where we end up in Europe, but we've got very, very solid foundations now to build on, and there'll be more money this summer, uh, and not only is there more money, we've created more assets, you know, so there's guys in the team who are worth an awful lot of money now, and if you look at when uh, Ange came in, uh, once we get shot of those guys, you know, <clears throat> the Edwards and uh, the Ayers, um you were looking at it thinking there's no one in here worth a coin, you know. <clears throat> so, and that's the problem that the, the other lot have at the moment. Uh, they're getting loaded, a load of guys out the door on freeze and all the rest of it. Uh, and uh, they're not going to be able to replace that easily without significant funds. Um, and they don't have significant funds because they don't have any players that are worth a lot of money. They already had that last year. Uh, they had massive player sales and they lost money still on that year. Uh, so the, the record player sales, well, that was our record player sales and we built a dominant squad with it. You know, on the same year, we had record player sales. So, uh, <clears throat> you know, remarkable. And, and yeah, I, I don't think, <clears throat> I can understand why he mentioned it again the other day, Ange, why he mentioned the thing about being, uh, being lucky. Because what an insult that is, really, to the man. You know, depending on how you take it. It's a, it's a really significant insult. He's spent his life grafting in football. He's spent his life grafting in difficult places, um, probably for not a lot of dough, uh, and creating success uh, wherever he's gone. Uh, a, a lifetime of experience, a lifetime of success. And then he rocks up here and does a miracle rebuild uh, and uh, you know, uh, which I, I'm not. As I said before, I don't think anyone else could have done. He's done a, an incredible job, absolutely incredible job. And then to do all that, create a dominant winning team with a vision from the football, and not just recruiting any Joe blogs, but recruiting guys I say that fit the ethos. And then do all that, and then deliver on the park, deliver two trophies in the first season, potentially three in the second. And he's lucky. You're out of your mind. Uh, you know, and that's the, the, is only the only guy that could come up with someone that is someone who is as, quite frankly, as dim as Beal. Uh, you know, because that is a shocking, shocking assertion. There, there's two things there, John. Well, there's one thing basically. I mean, you've missed out that Ange Postecoglou's managed a international team to a world to a global trophy, and 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 his area. He's also managed at a World Cup. The closest Beals ever got to a World Cup was watching it in a Witherspoons in Essex. So, <laughs> Paddy, that's, I mean, it's no luck 
to bring in 29 players and some of them have failed. Some of them have failed. Some of them are, are, were just there to make up the numbers and there's a large turnover. But you're talking about 29 players come in. I've never actually counted. I think I've maybe counted Yakamakis twice, John. That's why I've got 45.5. Yeah. Or either that, you've missed out Yakamakis. But we'll, we'll argue about the semantics <laughs> later on. Um, but you look at the 29 players he's brought in and the number of players that have went out on transfers and loans... That's, that's extremely difficult to handle, eh? I mean, there must be close to 50 bodies that he's handled coming in and out of that club. Yeah, um, I'm still trying to work out, you know, two, three months on what Bill was trying to achieve with those comments because, as John says, he's either a moron, which is highly likely, um, because I mean, what what is he trying to say? Does he genuinely think that Angie spent 48 million quid net to bring in all these guys? Because there's no way that he actually believes that. And then if you look at the next spend, I mean, if you said to if you said to Michael Beale, um, May 2021, take this Celtic squad, have a net spend of two million, and run five trophies out of six, he, he probably wouldn't take the job on, because it just seems impossible to have spent. I mean, I know you disagreed. What was it between eight million and six million or something, or between four million, eight two million? million and by the way, sorry, two sorry. So, Kev, you were you are correct. I'm just looking at the outs for season 22-23, uh, and Jackie Marcus isn't in there. So you you are correct. There Sorry, you go. My mortgage is safe. <laughs> <laughs> so you got an even smaller net spend. Um, to, to spend that over the course of two years, won five trophies at a six qualify for the Champions League. In, in what world is that lucky? It's the opposite of lucky. It's just unbelievably impressive. I mean, yeah. I'll be honest, in May 2021, I, I personally think they had more assets than us. Just the way that that season went, I think they could have got money for players. I mean, you look at Bassey, 22 million for that guy when he had a purple patch for four months. You know, players having purple patches really inflates the value. We effectively rebuilt the squad with the proceeds of Ayer, Edward and Christie. And at the time, Christie was only two and a half million. So we, we, we've built an entire team. I think it was 12 signings Ange made off the backs of two players being sold. It's it's an unbelievable job. Um, and he's only in one. He, he's only lucky in one sense that he's a Celtic manager and we'd all love to be a Celtic manager. So and that, that's the only way he's lucky. We, we're the lucky ones that he's a Celtic manager. We're the lucky ones that he ended up here after the whole... Uh, what's his name? Eddie Howling. I couldn't actually remember. But... No, Patrick, I'll come back to you and I'll come to John, but Bill was seemingly the brains behind Stephen Gerrard and Gary McAllister. Seemingly the the brains behind it all, and he was a man who Liverpool didn't want to lose this and that, yada, yada, yada. Right? Do you can what Stephen Gerrard, uh, Gary McAllister, and Michael Beale's net spend was in three seasons at Rangers to win one league title? I'm guessing you're going to tell me. <laughs> I'm going to tell you. £31.75 million. That was their net spend, Kev? That was their net spend in three seasons. Wow. And there, and that's a that's a business that runs at a loss, so it's not entirely surprising. We have a business that turns a profit in just about every single season. Um, yeah, I mean, it, as I say, he must be a total moron to come out with comments like that because I don't know what he was trying to achieve. You know, keep the keep the 
the natives happy uh, or whatever. You know, there's no I, point in putting your head in the sand and pretending that Angie's lucky. You need to face reality that Celtic have a really good squad with a really good manager, and at the present moment, we have both money and assets to go again in the summer and improve again. And Bill may well turn out to be a, a good manager, but they don't have a good squad and they don't have money and they don't have assets. So at the current moment, um, you know. <laughs> everything is in our favour, really. I mean, I, f- I found out it was 31, £31.75 million pound with a 30-second Google search. <laughs> so, surely somebody sitting in that journalist room could have went like that to be I was saying, lucky, but you spent over £30 million pound the last time you were here and you won one league title. I think yeah. what the, these figures show, John, is we give the Celtic, I give the Celtic board stick. I do, I'll admit that. But, the way that we do business has never changed since laws went out the door either. We, we spend what we bring in. Yeah, but yeah. It's no as if we've done the Dermot Desmond, there's a five-year budget, Martin, up front. This has been done well within our financial uh, restrictions that we impose on ourselves. Yeah, well, I, I think Michael Nicholson, and having spoken to uh, Michael, he, he's... Um, he doesn't give you the, the idea that he thinks he's doing anything dramatically different from Lowell. But I think he fails modestly to take into account the fact that he's not inserting himself uh, into areas where he should not be uh, or discussions he should not be involved in uh, or trying to take authority he should not have. Uh, so I, I think he thinks he's not doing anything different, but he very much is, and what he's doing is his job, specifically his job. And we've had this conversation before. So he has um, he has taken they've taken on Ange, uh, they've appointed Ange, great appointments, uh, and you've got to give him credit for that. You've even got to credit Lowell for that if he was involved. So no problem there. Um, and you know uh, they have they have created what looks to be an incredibly effective, smooth operating, far-sighted, well-oiled machine. Uh, And as I understand it, uh, this summer's signings are basically already done. Uh, And they are, you know, they they know who they're going for. They know how much they're going for. There might be hiccups along the way, but it's basically, it's all laid out and they're already planning for, you know, January. So this is a very slick, well-oiled machine with a guy with incredible vision at the helm and people who are very effective in their own roles as executives uh, backing him up and uh, giving him all the support he needs. So it's a, it's a beautiful thing. I Can I just say one other thing as well in terms of going forward? Ange, you know, and a lot of people would know this, Ange is very grateful to Celtic uh, for the opportunity he's been given. So I'm not of the opinion that Ange is just going to up sticks at the first opportunity. I think he's old enough as well now to realise <clears throat> that uh, he could create a real incredible legacy here uh, rather than rocking down um, to, to England and getting relegated uh, in five minutes' time. He's a man who loves football, who understands the importance of legacy, who understands the, you know, the importance of what it means to create a legend. Um, he is a guy who clearly loves Celtic. Uh, he is a guy who's incredibly grateful to Celtic. He's a guy who's loving his time here. Uh, and I, I don't see any reason 
why he would move. He's also old enough to appreciate and he doesn't have a big enough ego to be thinking he deserves to be have all the money in the world. He's old enough as well and he's from a, a well enough, he's from a background which makes him appreciative of what he's got. He's getting very well paid as it is uh, and I just don't believe he's a character who will bolt out the door at the first opportunity. Then this could be the beginning uh, of something very special here uh, that, that we're looking at with a, a, a treble nearly in the bag and, a, you know, a, a double last year. So, uh, you know, I, I'm incredibly excited about it. I'm incredibly excited to see what they do next and I hope everything continues as is and Celtic continue to be the, the machine that they are, the juggernaut that they are, the behemoth that they are, crushing the uh, opposition underneath them uh, and breaking them, as we said, right at the start. There's two things that what you've says and and when you've been talking there, John. There's actually two things. All the credit for me, the majority of the credit has to go to Poster Coglu for revamping the football side, the scout, the coat, the, the scouting side, and how we actually recruit players, right? And the CEO and the board have to actually get a bit of credit. As Gary Melrose, I'm going to say, Gary, you pointed this out to me. It's the phasing of the spending, Kev. We recruit before European football now, not after we've been eliminated. I think that is the difference with the board, but the same criticisms that we're no spending to accumulate can still be there. But what we've actually got right, by the grace of God, is Poster Coglu walked through your door and we're no longer, and he's revamped the complete football department, Paddy. That's what I'm. I'm not giving the board any credit, lads. I haven't become a capitalist, as somebody says in the thing. I'm not giving the board, I'm putting it on first. My cargo, boys. Come on. And I think you're right to an extent. You know, I, I don't think our model has changed. What you said five minutes ago, our model hasn't changed. We're just, with guys like Angie at the helm and, you know, guys like Wall not overreaching and trying to control the entire company and Nicholson doing his role and Costa Coglu doing his role. Certain agents, just spend... numbers been blocked. <laughs> um, just everyone doing their job doing it effectively I think is what's put us so far ahead we have actually always been financially a well-run club have been you know to, to, to his credit ever since Lowell came in in what September 2003 it's just the football inside didn't always match up with that whereas now with guys who are so good at what they do the decision making is correct and that way Celtic can both dominate domestically and it, it certainly feels as if we're making the right steps in Europe from what was a bit of a low ebb two seasons ago. Um, so I, I think, as you said, we're the lucky ones that Ange was able to walk in the door. You know, work is magic and, and here we are. Hopefully, hopefully on the verge of five trophies out of six. And I was just I was doing a wee Google search there. Ange is 58 um, in August, the beginning of next season. Personally, I don't think he'll walk away this summer. Uh, I think you know it'd be a bit strange if he did. I feel as if we're in the midst of something. Um, hopefully, we're just at the beginning of something, as John says. I think we're in the midst of it um, personally. But um, you know, if he if he was to take a bad move to England, I mean, if he went to Everton in January and get sacked a couple of weeks ago, that's a serious uh, that's a serious block in his career. Um, for a guy that's about to turn fifty eight, uh, I know you get guys like you know, I think. You've got guys like Pellegrini managing it like 72, 73, but he is getting to that stage in his career where he's looking to leave a legacy in Europe, you know, where the whole world is watching. 
and um, hopefully it is at Celtic because it's, if he does make another move in a couple of years' time, it needs to be the right one. So I think he'll be taking his time and picking that and he'll be in no rush to leave. It, it does need to be the right move for him, but know that I didn't want him to go. I mean, the roar on Sunday when he walked across to the whole Celtic crowd was unbelievable. And it's the most happiest I've ever seen him, actually, because I think he knows himself that he's one game away from actually going into the alongside Martin O'Neill and Brendan as well. He, he is in that. And Neil Lennon. And Lenny. And Neil, oh, I did get Lenny in. I did get Lenny in. There, <laughs> he right? did. He so, did. So, so he knows. He, he, he does know that. And I, and I think he's grateful of of us taking a chance on him. But he also knows a bit maybe like Jot, as I said earlier on, this could be the best place that he'll ever manage. This could be the best time that he could, could have, that, that he ever managed. But the other thing that Robert Wallace brings up here, John, eh, we've still money to recoup on Christie, Frank Palm and Tierney. Now, I was on holiday a couple of weeks ago and I was watching one of these Arab channels and they, they'd done a player profile on Frank Pong. And it seems to be that he's going to go for quite a bit of money in the summer. They're, they're saying that he's one of the hottest prospects in Europe. It looks like Tierney's going to be joining the Saudi Revolution eh, in Newcastle. And we're all hoping Bournemouth stay up because seemingly Celtic get a wee... Get a, get chucked some cash if Bournemouth stay <laughs> off as well. Um, that's, that's no bad business as well, eh? That's pretty decent. Uh, and it's interesting that Frimpong, you know, I, I don't think, any, you know, we, we were quite happy to take the money. Um, you know, I didn't, uh, nobody was particularly crying about him going. Uh, and that comes back to the conversation that, that has been doing the rounds, isn't there? Uh, when you look at the likes of Carter Vickers and all, um, you know, is he the best centre half? Full stop. Not since Virgil Van Dijk, because Virgil Van Dijk, as we know, went on to be a great player. But is is CCV better than he was at Celtic? Uh, and uh, I, I would I would tend to agree with that. I think he is better than uh, Virgil was at Celtic. Uh, so we'll see what happens in the rest of their careers. But um, you know, uh, again, that's another bit of phenomenal transfer business, just ridiculous transfer business as it turns out, so uh, what a pick-up he was uh, what a pick-up Jota was uh, just fantastic, but if we're still getting money on those guys, that's that's unbelievable um, but I, I did hear there was a bit of a problem with uh, the, the, the sell-on fee for Ayer, uh, which might have been one of the reasons why Mr Mackay uh, had issues in his brief tenure uh, so uh, I'm not sure uh, what we get there, but uh, maybe if he stays up, it's a different kind of a deal. It's not the sell-on fee, is it? So it's a different, um, it's a different benefit. But yeah, look, I mean, if we're still making money off guys three, four, five years down the road, that's just really clever transfer business. Definitely, I'm going to bring up this comment, lads. Then we're going to I'll swiftly turn that round one after I bring up this comment because something happened this day in 1985 which was one of the best days I've ever heard supporting Celtic Black Douglas the delusion at Parkhead is mind blown Rangers have been the better team in recent games Ange knows he's been very lucky against Rangers Europe will bring Celtic back to reality again Black Douglas there stalks into my garden like a skinny cat to leave a job out on my astroturf man that's me put back in my place eh yeah, that's, 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 that
a nonsense comment. An absolute <laughs> nonsense comment. They've not laid a glove in us all year. I'd have been the better team. Right, well, I'll tell you what, Black Douglas, uh, Mr. Beal, you're otherwise known. Um, yeah, you, you yeah. go back to supporting your own team, sir. Um, you know, that is absolutely delusional. What They've been so good in recent games. The gap, the gap has gone from 6 to 12. They've been so good uh, that we're looking at, uh, down the barrel of a treble. They've been so good. Uh, that we are what worried about, you know, getting straight into the Champions League and they're going to have to play in group stages. You know, is that how good they've been? Uh, and the delusion, the delusion at Celtic Park. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I, delu- you know, I'm, I'm just deluded into, I'm just delu- <laughs> deluded into winning a treble. That's just nonsense comments. You know, factually nonsense. Uh, I know. It's, it's quite mean. He has to actually subscribe to the channel to comment as well. So... Thank you for subscribing, mate. Thank you. There's some great merchandise <laughs> that you might want to buy for your grandkids on Naxon.net. Eh? Actually, it was 1986. Today is happy Albert Kid Day to everybody <laughs> in the whole wide world. I love Albert Kid Day. And, ugh, yeah. I was at Paisley that day. First time I've ever seen Celtic win a league title. My dad took me. And uh, I... Albert Kidday and folk who know me know I've got a wee bit of beef against Hearts. The only time I've ever been in trouble at games, right, I'll, I'll be truthful, I've been knocked out twice at Tynecastle by Hearts fans, right? So, so I didn't like Hearts for, 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 for that reason. And I got a thunder flash thrown at me as well, one time as well. Um, You're a popular man, Kev. I know Hearts fans didn't like me for some reason. Eh? They do not like me, and I didn't like them. Sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll just admit that the new way. But Albert Kidday, I love Albert Kidday. Patrick, I would ask you about Albert Kidday, but you'll tell us that you weren't actually born at that point. Um, it was about 15 years before yeah. he was born. I know. Your parents probably hadn't even met at that point. Aye. <laughs> well, they were both there together, uh, that's a nice sweet aye, aye, pretty good aye. So, uh, I think my mum get knocked back because she had the uh, meringues. She wasn't allowed to bring meringues into the stadium because she threw them in the park as a missile. A totally ridiculous uh, bit of policing in 1986. Um, but aye, no, they were there. Well, that, 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 that's quite a serious comment about how bad your mum's meringues are. They could have been used as a weapon. <laughs> Because I remember at Love Street, they used to let the guy that had the big box of spam rolls in, and they wouldn't let your oh. mum in with meringues. You remember that guy, John? The boy that used to have the big box of spam rolls. I, I, I do, uh, and it was. Uh, th- thanks for bringing that back. I'd forgotten all about that. That was a bizarre memory. You think back to some of the stuff that happened in the day. Uh, you see, I've got such a terrible memory. It needs to be like a, a, a multiple choice for me. Someone has to bring it up first, and then I'm like, oh my God, that's right, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it was bizarre. Well, it's, it's, it's as good a day as any to celebrate. There's lots of celebrations happening at the moment. Uh, unlike uh, the Black Douglas thinks, we're quite happy where we are. Quite happy where we are. I'm I'm quite happy. It's Albert Kid Day. We're close to another treble and we haven't been bams to each other today after an hour and three minutes. (laughs) Lads, it's been brilliant. Everybody, thanks in the comments. Please like and subscribe and we'll see you all later. Hail, hail.
Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.